Hello, dancers. This is Ray Ray Salsa with my beautiful fiance and partner, Annabelle. Hello, everybody. And we are great for our second video podcast with you today. We're very excited for this new, well, not new. She's actually been in this uh, dance scene for many, many years. And I'm very honored. She's a very special uh, person to me because she's helped me develop into the dancer I am today. And we would like to have Annabelle introduce her to you. All right. I'm going to introduce our guest today. Our guest has been awarded three International Lifetime Achievement Awards in Europe and in the U.S. She was voted by her peers and students Best International Instructor at the Los Angeles Congress, British International Salsa Festival, two years running, and Switzerland Congress in Zurich. She was the guest of honor at the Curacao Salsa Festival and the first annual Swiss Congress. She's taken first place in numerous dance competitions, most notably the famous Mayan competition out of Los Angeles, California, and the International Salsa and Hustle Pro Salsa Championships in Miami, Florida. Edie's passion is to share her talents with both students and audiences throughout the world with her gift of teaching, stunning performances, and down-to-earth internet advice columns and stories. She holds a third-degree Black Belt Salsa Master Instructor license and is an expert in business marketing strategies. She's also the Master of Ceremonies at many events throughout the world and has appeared on television and movies in several countries. Her instructor training and her certification Continuous education program is second to none. Instructors from over 80 countries attend her dance business seminars and her webinars throughout the world. She also hosts online mentorship and coaching programs for students and instructors who wish to excel to levels beyond what they could do on their own. She has a world-famous full immersion all-day intensive salsa boot camp. And those are held on the weekends all over the world for those who want to learn and stylize their salsa in just one day. And Edie coordinates plans and hosts dance camps, festivals, and congresses with different promoters throughout the world. They're aimed primarily at teaching people how to dance the Latin nightclub style at any age level. And this says, is this true, that Edie now DJs her incredible music? collection from all over the world at nightclubs, parties, and events as well. So uh, let me introduce to you Edie the Salsa Freak. Hi. Hi. We're so glad to have you here with us, Sensei Edie. And um, before we go, we do we do refer to each other as Sensei. Yeah. Because And but please explain why. Okay. Um, when we started the, the Black Belt Salsa program, I say we, it was a group of people at the time that were interested in creating and helping me create a curriculum out here in Denver. And um, when we started this, um, there were also a few people that I that had asked about um, training with me and, and pretty soon I just like had this group that was really interested in, in creating a, a black belt salsa curriculum. And um, the reason why I named it black belt salsa, I'll never forget I was at Congress once, I think I was in Belgium and there was this really badass couple on the floor and I was just looking at them and I was thinking, oh my God, they are, they have a black, they're black belts in this dance. You know, because I was trying to figure out at the time, what, where are we gonna have beginner, intermediate, advanced, and where are we gonna, what were we gonna call ourselves, you know, out here? And I, I keep saying we, but, but it was really just me, you know, because I came out to Denver and um, there was really, 
there there were people and there were classes and whatnot and there were dancers, but it, nobody had really set up any type of systematic, methodical way of teaching salsa that I felt was um, adequate. Normally, most people um, have teach a move of the week. You know, you have your beginners. Everybody does the same thing. They do a a right turn, and then they do a, a progressive left. We call it progressive left. It's really a crossbody lead with an inside turn that so many people used to call it. I don't like that because it's not really that a crossbody lead with an inside turn if you're doing left to left, you know. Anyway, make a long story short, um, when I was thinking about what am I going to call the studio or what am I going to call this group that I'm forming, I said, wow, let's call it Black Belt Salsa. Why? Because I want people to be able to set a goal to get their black belt in dance. Why do we have to just uh, reserve that name for martial artists? And so um, the name stuck. A lot of people thought it was cool. In fact, I have a lot of a lot of people who are in martial arts uh, that are very attracted to uh, taking our group classes and our privates. Why? Because they know what it takes to get a black belt in martial arts. Some of them have four or five black belts and they come to me and they say, Edie, I want my black belt. And so it's like an addiction, right? <laughs> and I said, okay, so let's do this. And so the, so when I was training my instructors, um, I, I started to uh, talk to my brother who, ha who is a black belt in jujitsu. And, um, and I was, he was saying, well, you have a sensei, you have a grandmaster, you have this. And I said, you know, sensei, he goes, yeah, you're the sensei of the school. I said, why do you call them sensei? And he goes, it's not really, it's not really uh, like you're the king or the queen or something like that. And you're untouchable. On the contrary, it just means somebody in, in Japanese, it means somebody who has gone before you. And so you have this knowledge, this experience um, that people want to learn from. And so they should call you sensei as a matter of respect. And so it's not just like you're their friend. In fact, I believe in some martial arts, um, he's, my brother in particular said that in jujitsu, you're not really supposed to socialize with your group. And I thought, okay, well, I don't want to take it that far. I still want right. to socialize. I want to go dancing with my students. I want to dance with my apprentices, you know. So I've, I've taken it just to the name, you know, the name of sensei. And when when they come into and they say, sensei, I want this sensei. It just kind of separates me from everyone else in the group. And I, it's stuck. And sometimes, sometimes people forget, you know, sometimes they call me Edie because you're personable. You, you're talking to them, you're touching them, you know, you're showing them, you're messing up just as much as they are sometimes. So it sometimes comes out and it's really no big deal, you know, but they, my apprentices do call me sensei. And for the instructors that have, um, their own schools, they, I call them sensei. I call them sensei Ray, for example, sensei Willie, sensei Tom, sensei, uh, who's the latest in Malaysia, um, Ken, you know, so it's, it's nice to be able to have that, that kind of bond in our group. That's why the name sensei. Well, thank you. You know, you mentioned, uh, Belgium and you actually had a black, black belt school in Brussels. I don't know if it's still going on. That's the first time I heard the term black belt salsa. So I was oh, really? living in Belgium. I was stationed there with NATO as an mm -hmm. army officer. And I just started taking, that's where I started dancing. So of course the first year, all my classes were in French. 
So wow. I could get a really good class in French if I wanted to. That's um, great. And I heard this black belt salsa in Brussels. Well, Brussels is a bit of a drive from where I lived. Right. I lived close, other than the south side, the south side of uh, Belgium. But uh, when I came back to the States, I met this dance instructor and that who was leaving the town as I was coming in named Antonio Medina. Wow. Who was, I asked him how, what he learned and he said, well, I learned black belt sauce. I'm like, I've heard of that. Uh-huh. And I didn't know a squat about it, but I heard of it. It was, you know, it was in Europe. So this was all over the world mm-hmm. and uh, it really drew me, drew me to it. He told me about the process and how you learn it. And I just said, well, that takes away my frustration because I have ADHD, like serious. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And having to remember and memorize a, I can get it one second, a like a turn, like a movement of the week or a pattern, and then yeah. five minutes later, I'll forget it. So choreo right. is not my strength. Uh-huh. So this is the I, I was really attracted to this uh, system. Okay. Yeah, and it is a system. We have we have to remind um, your viewers that this is a system based approach to learning. It's not a pattern-based approach. A lot of um, schools, I would say 99.9% of the schools out there will teach a pattern, um, especially before a nightclub, and then they will teach a completely different, unrelated pattern the next week. And the students don't get a chance to grow and to understand where that pattern or where that the concepts and the, the bits and pieces of that pattern come from meaning um, what is the root of this pattern? Is it based on a crossbody lead? Is it based on a right or left turn? Um, is it an open break? You know, is it an opposite side crossbody or a copa? Um, so, you know, once um, I think it clicks for people when, for example, I show them a YouTube video and I show them a little tiny segment of maybe a world famous dancer teaching a pattern and the, the world famous dancer will, will show the pattern and they'll say, okay, take the girl, put her over here. And then you turn right. And then you go on this side and then you turn left and then take her over there. <laughs> and the, the, the audience is just hoping desperately that the girl that they're with can keep up with this, you know? And when I, after I train them in the system, I show that exact same YouTube video again to the student. And the student looks at it and says, oh, my God, that's just a, a right turn into a cross by lead into a copa ending in a basket. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. And what's interesting about the students that I train, they say they go to congresses and everybody after the Congress has their video camera videotaping the world famous instructor that just did this amazing pattern. Right. And they say, um, Edie, we don't need to. <laughs> We don't need to video because we we know what the root of this of this is. We know that it's just a right turn into a crossbody lead into a copa into a basket. That's all it is. And they can not only do the pattern that the instructor did, but they can also mix it up. Instead of using her hands, they'll use her shoulders. Or instead of using the left hand, they'll use the right hand. Or they'll they'll do a tailbone move or use her use her hips and his waist to do the exact same pattern and what i tell my students is look if you go to a nightclub and there's a class before i want you all night long to not only to learn that pattern that the that the instructor is teaching which is maybe three or four eight counts and i want you all night long to go down the body with that pattern 
he showed you high hand how to do it with her hands the whole time. The whole night, I want you to now try touching her shoulder with that same pattern. I want you to touch your own shoulder with that same pattern or touch your hips and her waist. I'm sorry, her hips, your waist. We got to get that right. Um, I, I want you to vary up that pattern all night long with different women. Well, won't Edie, won't the, the students get bored? By the way, my students call me Edie, okay? But my apprentices call me Sensei, all right? Just to let you know. Um, anyway, so they say, Edie, won't the, won't the lady get bored <laughs> with this? I'm doing the same damn pattern. No, they will never get bored. Why? Because you're stimulating them on different parts of her body. You're doing moves instead of over your head. You're doing it over the shoulder, you know, or across your heart or whatever. Nobody will ever know. And that has proved to be wildly successful, especially here in Denver. And of course, we're all having to learn both lead and follow on one and on two. Yes. Right? Yes. And the school that I've been learning from for the last two years is an on two school. And then the uh, studio that you teach at currently was, was is primarily on one. And, on one, yes. and so I, I get it all. Yeah. But n- now we're switching it up. We have an on two in the evening. So we're excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. The, the whole world is shifting to on two. I was really against it in the beginning. I was like, on one can't die. Well, on one will never die. Why? Because all of the Latin American people that come over from, you know, the, uh, like Guatemala and, um, Colombia and Mexico and you know El Salvador, all those people, they they dance cumbia, you know they know cumbia. They dance many dances, but they know cumbia and and cumbia steps back on one, one, two, three, and so they hear that powerful one, right? So on one will always be here. Uh, I think on two is um, easier on the woman. Why? Because uh, she actually has one more second in the turn to complete her spin on either side of the line. And you'll, you'll, you'll learn that this in the program, anything that can be done on one can be done on two and vice versa. You just have to um, finagle with the numbering a little bit during your moves, but that's more detail that I don't want to get in this session. But anyway, another reason why I teach on two first to the beginners is because I was an on one teacher and dancer for 20 five, 24 years. Okay. And, um, learning on two for me was, was difficult as a follow. I, I moved to New York. I lived in New York for a while and I completely submersed myself in on two because when you go to the socials out there, everybody's on two. When you go to normal dance clubs, not everyone is on two because you still have some dancers who do not go to classes regularly People in New York, this is like a subculture for them, especially the Puerto Rican population. They go to dance classes. They go out dancing. They go to socials. Uh, They rarely will go to a dance club because people there just don't know how to dance their style, you know, and they're all up into their style and onto and whatnot. And I I was kind of like, wow, this is really snobbish, you know, but then I realized, wow, there's a reason. There's a reason for this. Um, When you learn this and onto the onto way, you realize as as a as a woman that you can complete your double spin in like half the time that you could on one. And I was always perplexed over that. I thought, what is the deal? You know, I am I am a college educated woman that plays the flute. All right. And I understand music. And why is on two 
so much easier for a woman's spins than on one. And I analyzed it. I asked engineers, I asked Milton and James Coble, what is it about on two that feels easier? It's the same song. It's the same one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight counts. But when I'm in LA and I'm dancing, because I lived in LA for 21 years and that's where I learned on one, you know, at the time, 90% of the people in LA were on one. Now it's more like, um, I would say 60% are on one. More, more and more people are moving on too in LA. Anyway, so when I was in LA, I would dance the same song with the same guy and I would be exhausted. And then I would dance the same song with the same guy in New York and I was fine. Even I got a, a letter from a woman who was a PhD. She went out, she had to move <clears throat> to finish up her PhD in New York. And she says, Edie, she emailed me and she said, I don't sweat out here, I'm gaining weight. I said, what do you mean you don't sweat in New York? And she goes, when I go out dancing, I don't sweat as much as I did in LA. I said, what is it, the humidity? No, she says, I'm not as tired. And so I, I analyzed the, the music and I analyzed what are the women, on what count are the women turning onto? When do they start and when do they end? And unbelievably, they have one more second of time. There's a pause on count four during the spin. Right. There's no pause <laughs> during the spin on one. It's just one, two, three, right? Or no, I'm sorry. One, two, three. She spins on five, six, seven. So we'll get into that during the summit. But um, going back to why we teach on two first is because when I, I would train guys um, in, in LA who had been dancing for years and years on one, trying to get them to move to on two was a mind melt for them. They were tearing out their hairs, tearing out their beards. They were saying, I just can't get this. And we would go over it, over it. We would spend hours just on the basics on two. And so then I started teaching on two my group classes and I started really getting serious, especially when an on one guy said, you know, Edie, I've spent so much time on two. I don't even want to go back to on one because it's, I just, I, I like on two better. So I found men that were dancing on one, moving to on two, not going back, not wanting to go back to on one. And I was always wondering why are you a snob? And this is what, what creates the on to attitude, attitude. Are, why are you being a jerk? Why is all, why are all the on to dancers just want to stick to on to? And why are they being snobs on to snob? And they said, it's because it's just taken me so long to learn freaking on to. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, okay, listen, so why don't, so then I started training guys just on two, starting on two. I didn't know my group classes yet. And so I said, you know, you're going to have to learn on one because you live here in Denver and the majority of people are on one. And they said, that's fine. Just teach me on two first because I do a lot of traveling. I go to congresses and it just seems like all the better people are on two. And I, I resented that remark. And I thought, you know, I'm an on one dancer and you're telling me that the better people are on two. Look, I'm the fastest spinner on one. But when I go to on two and I'm dancing in New York, I'm even faster. I can do not only a double, I can do a triple and a quad on five, six, seven, you know, that's because I punched as hard as I could. And I really tried so hard to complete three or four spins within an eight count on one that when I got to New York, it was like, this is a piece of cake. Not <laughs> only, you know, this is awesome. And so I, well, I started teaching on two out here and, um, 
just to my private lesson students. And then when I, when I transitioned them to, to them to on one, I thought, Oh my God, this is going to be hell on earth. You know, it was easier. <sighs> 10 hours to teach an on one. I, I'm sorry. A guy that's, that was trained on one to on two took 10 hours minimum, right? Just to get him used to the basics and kind of like getting into it. 10 minutes to teach an on two guy on one. Yeah, I went through that on one, on two transition myself. And yeah. uh, I still dance both because our city is mixed. But uh -huh. yeah, it took me hours of just practicing the cross body lead on two. Yeah. I did not know what to do with my feet on two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, it, the guys are the ones that suffer the most. And I feel for them, you know, because I'm a lead myself and I didn't really appreciate what they were going through until I went through it myself. And I thought, oh, my God, these poor men. So what I did was I decided to do everybody a favor. Get one of my one of my students. His name is Gabriel. Um, he said, just teach on two. He said, Everywhere I go, everyone's on two because he travels quite a bit. And he goes, all the best dance teams are on two. All the better dancers are on two. And I said, Gabriel, that's not true. But that was his perception, you know. And um, he said, just teach on two. And when I started to teach my classes on two, my apprentices were really against it. What? Can't we transition from on one to on two? Does it have to be in one day? And I said, it has to be in one day. And they said, what? I said, how are you going to transition? Dance on three for a while? Dance on the two? <laughs> what, what are you going to do? There's no transition. It's just you have to go the cold turkey. And so we spent, I would believe, I thought, I think it was just a few weekends just with the apprentices getting them used to dancing on two. And you know what was astonishing is that a couple of my apprentices, Felix and, and Mateo in particular, they, when they were dancing on one, they were always off time. They were dancing on the five, on the three. They were always off time. I would say, where's the beat? And I would spend hours with them on finding the first beat of the music, right? Which is not easy, especially if you're not a trained musician. And um, they, when we transitioned to on two, I could not believe it. I felt, they got it. They were on time. They were on point. And that just made me believe, you know what? There are some people who are born on two dancers that feel it in their bones. There are some people that are born on one dancer that feel it in their bones, you know? And so um, I, I decided from that point on, I said, I'm going to teach my beginners, all of them on two. Nobody complained in our group classes when we did the transition, except the orange belts. The orange belts had been training for several months on in white and then several months in orange. And all of a sudden right. we're going on too. They were going crazy, but because everybody else was doing it and our whole school was doing it, they said, okay, we're going to do it too. So it did take them a couple months. I did lose a couple people. Okay. Um, who decided not to come back because we were teaching on too, but over time they realized, wow, you know, even Denver people are, uh, at the hottest nightclub uh, in Denver, um, the better dancers are on too. And it's like, Oh my God, you know, so we're, we're slowly changing um, Denver to an on two community. And um, I think the younger people are, are starting to appreciate it more, but we still teach on one at yellow belt. We transition everybody. We say, okay, now we're going to do a few basics at yellow. We spend a whole month learning on, on one and then um, we continue with our on two practice later on, because when they do go to the clubs, they do realize, wow, a lot of these people are on one. 
And the guys just don't even ask the girls on one or on two. I have one private lesson guy. He'll ask. He said he'll say, "Would you like on one or on two? Because he wants to show off that he knows both, which is kind of funny. But it's great. Yeah, I love it because I get a choice because I can hear the song, and if it's on one song, I'll dance. I'll want to dance on one. You know, if it's an on two song, then obviously I want to dance on two. But um, yeah, I had Felix come up to me. Uh, last year and he said Edie you're not going to believe what happened to me I was at the Avalon and I was dancing with this woman and she asked me to dance again and I was on two the whole time he doesn't dance on one anymore he refuses and um I call him an on two snob but anyway he'll, <laughs> he'll dance he'll dance on one if he absolutely has to but he he stopped asking the girls um do you want on one or on two he just puts them on two and so she asked him again right after the song was over will you dance with me again because he's a, a phenomenal dancer um as felix um i just i trained him he didn't know anything now he's just one of the one of the finest leads in the nation i think anyway um he uh was dancing with her on two and he said Edie, you're not going to believe what she said afterward i said what he said oh felix Thank you for dancing on one with me. I can't stand these on two snobs. And he looked at her and he says, I was on two with you the entire song. And you know, what's interesting is I go, I go to these clubs and most of the people, they're not on time. They're just having so much fun dancing together and being together that it doesn't matter really what, what beat, you know, the girl, if you're a great lead, the girl is going to dance with you, whether you're on one, on two, on five. It doesn't matter. In Cuba, the, the women determine the beat. The women might start dancing on the three. The guy will dance with her and he'll kind of, he'll, he'll ask her to dance, okay? And they'll kind of wave a little bit. There, she'll, he'll allow her to listen to the music and then he'll feel what beat she's on and then he'll go with her beat from the start. And so they don't dance to timing or counts out there. I mean, this is where salsa originated. You know, when you start getting into the, the on two on one, it's a, it's an American thing. It's a Europe thing. It's where it's it's classes, it's groups, it's organized, it's uh, competitions. You know, that's where we have to start to put a box around this thing called salsa, and where we have to structure it. And it kind of kind of gets um, it's disappointing in a way. You know. Sometimes I, I just want to go go out there because I know all, and in fact, there's a guy named Stacy Lopez out of Puerto Rico. We were dancing on the clave. We were dancing one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five on the dance floor using five steps instead of six. And that made it fun because I never knew what beat my crossbody lead was going to start on every single crossbody lead of the, of the thing. It was amazing. And I thought that's really dancing on clave is when you're dancing on five steps instead of six steps within an eight feet <laughs> count, you know? And I thought, how wonderful this is. How how cool is this, you know? Not have to worry about, are you on two? Did you go forward on six? You're coming forward on five, buddy. You need to come forward on one. You know, it kind of, you have the, the on two mafia mob squad out there watching people. Oh, they're off time. Who gives a shit, right? <laughs> Uh, you get to the point in your salsa life where you just want to have fun and dance and whatnot. Now, obviously, I know there has to be a structure. You have to organize. You have to make sure everybody's doing the same thing, you know, and that kind of steals the joy out of it a little bit. But in order to create a business out of this, you have to have some sort of structure. So that's why I decided, OK, let's teach on two first. Let's get everybody on the beat. 
and you know, if you go to New York, especially to New York Congress, everybody that the onto mafia is out there watching if you're on time. So that's what we do. But um, sometimes I just like the freedom of not having to count, you know. That'll be interesting. You keep mentioning apprentices. Uh-huh. And we've mentioned a few times here. Let's talk about the apprentice program that you started and the power behind.